another episode of DC Pirate Radio. Uh, as expected, very, very happy we had this chat with Nico. Things went from zero to a thousand almost immediately. Um, yeah, Nico met him when we were in Bali. Uh, Muay Thai coach, uh, now he is, according to his bio, we'll hear more about that. I think it's a love, sex, entrepreneur, coach. So helping helping couples with their intimate relationships. Uh, he's just a fun guy to talk to. Uh, I smile when he starts talking. I like what he's saying. Uh, some people some people might think it's a little bit extreme, some of the things that he says, but it's very hard to actually argue when you think about some of the concepts because he's uh, he's just a unique person and he's uh, he's speaking his truth. So um, before we get into it, make sure you check out, check out all our products, DCE. Uh, podcast will give you 20% off. Check out my main man, Tiny Sumo, Tiny Sumo Talk Time, Punchy, Kicky, Fighty, Grapply, all kinds of things. He's got a charity event coming up. Check that out. Um, your donations would be very much welcome. Uh, I think that's it. You know what? If you don't listen, if you've never listened to one of our podcasts and this is your first one, you're welcome. I'll kiss you on the lips and take you Italy. <laughs> that is a classic. Shut your mouth when you're talking to me. Anyway, no time for nonsense. Gotta get down to business. We're gonna get straight to the point. We've got no time for nonsense. No time for messing around. Straight to the point. No time for fluffing about. You're straight to it. Just straight to the point. Just gotta get on with it. Better not be honey with me, bro. Don't you look at me in that tone of voice. I'm Peter Now, ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce to you, from the depths of our twisted imaginations, the DCE Pirate Radio Podcast. It doesn't make any sense. The Pirate Radio Podcast, my friend. You're such an idiot. <laughs> I can swear? You can say whatever the fuck you want. You want. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. get, uh, okay. we get demonetized on everything, so uh, you can say whatever you want. Yeah, our audience oh, doesn't really? care too much about the bad language. Uh, okay, okay. So it's not like uh, the proud USA... Where shooting and raping is allowed, but saying fuck is very bad. Yeah. <laughs> what a way to start. It's American what TV. A, for you. <laughs> well, there goes the American audience. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I love Americans, you know. Because you know why? Because they're there to dream big. They have the boss to say, man, I want to get there, and they will get there. So I, I love that. I admire that a lot. Coming from little old Belgium. Yeah. Oh, dear. I'm already happy that I invited you on this podcast. We've been going for like 10 seconds and I'm already like, this was a good decision. This was a good idea. I was like, oh, well, this is going to be fun. So what has been happening? Well, so I've gone a bit back to my roots. I was a performance psychologist before when I was a fighter and 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 I'm a master's in psychology and... uh, and, and then I, they, and then in the process of being a burnout specialist, after a while, to, it went from performance to burnout. Why? Because well, very clearly, I pushed myself into overtraining time and time again. Yeah. And so the more I trained, the worse I did. It was very simple. Yeah. And it's, it's stupid because I was a psychologist. Like I should have known, but you know, like I, it happened. I was knocked out once, very hard, ten minutes out cold. Yeah. After that, a few weeks later, I thought. I got a high kick and I thought I was like five years older than I was. Yeah. I thought I was married with my girlfriend, that I had children, that I had the, that I, that I won the, the K1 Max. And, and like, wow, it was like, it took me a few days before I realized that that was all just figments of my imagination. Well, 
full blown memories. Yeah. And so after that, I of course kept on training. That was my passion. Finding was my life. Simple, you know. Yeah. So for example, I broke my arms a few times. But what happened after the the metal game in? I started training again, not punching, but kicking. And so my kicks became very fucking good. <laughs> I was just. But I, I was so dissociated from my body. People always say athletes are associated with your body, but very often it's not. Very often you push yourself so much, for sure when you're a fighter, a real fighter, but yeah. the guys want to fight because they're too lazy to do anything else. But so people that love to hurt other people, <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they tend to dissociate from their bodies, you know, because that's it's certain anger that... that <clears throat> It's part of testosterone-driven behavior, of course, but also part of, of, of certain hurts that you, well, are not brave enough to face. Mm. And so then when you lose and that dopamine level drops like a sack of potatoes, you try to do everything to get your fix. Yeah. But by trying to prove that you're worthy, you tell your subconscious mind continuously, ah, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And so because I, I did that, I really know that I did not live up my, to my potential. Why? Because I tried to force it. Yeah. yeah. Right. It a, I had to do things instead of I choose to do things. Yeah. Now what happens then with a lot of my entrepreneurial clients, because that's my thing. So very often it happens. And that's where, where, why I start to focus on intimate relationships. Because when people came to me with burnout, the biggest stressor always was, was or lack of a partner. For sure, if you're a A-type woman, a lot of men, you know, uh, are not attracted to you. It's not that they're intimidated. They're just not attracted to another guy, a guy with tits, let's be honest. <laughs> but, but inside, they're very feminine, and, they, and it was a survival mechanism. They had to depend only on themselves. So it's, it's very sad because I see these warm, big-hearted women that just have that superficial, you know, front. Mm. And the only guys they attract are all adult boys that need a mama. Mm. And But what happens then, it's an unequal relationship, so she will have no desire. And second of all, when she helps him to grow into the man that she sees in him, because eight-half women are very good in seeing potential, what happens when a boy grows up? He gets attracted to something else. He moves out of home. Yeah, moves out. His mother, exactly. And so she's giving everything and he leaves him. Or psychopaths that don't give a shit about her exterior and just takes what he wants. And then finally she thinks, oh, finally, I can relax. But of course she can't because he's a fucking psychopath or a narcissist. And when that happens, we have the topic of toxic masculinity. Oh. All right, we just and then you have, of course, in your relationships, a lot of men, a lot of women that have very unsatisfying intimate life, sex life, because they're so stuck in push and they can only relax when they take drugs, drink, or, you know, or, or uh, go to the hookers or watch porn, you know. So how do you get, so what are you doing now? So you, are you still, have you kind of mashed everything together? Would yes. you, like, would you give so yourself now, a title anymore or do you just kind of do a, do you do a bit of, a bit of everything you like to do? Well, the thing is, like, I help people perform better, but I do it by focusing on the intimate relationships. Mm. Because your intimate relationships are the fast track for personal growth. Mm. 
it, it's the hardest to grow in because it's so close to your heart. It's so close to when you were a fucking child and all the, the patterns became uh, installed into your brain, in your subconscious. So what happens when we get triggered, emotions get triggered, we go in fight or flight. Our sympathetic nervous system takes over and we don't think because when there's a tiger there, you have to react immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Run. And so when that happens, the, the, the pre-programmed patterns start to happen. And that's why a lot of people are too afraid to really look inside because we're not really conscious of it, only on a certain level of what we do. I have a question. Have you had the experience that you have a wonderful experience that, that you have, for example, amazing fucking sex? And like a few minutes later, you have an incredible fight and you have no fucking idea how you came there. You have an incredible what? You have incredible intimate uh, moment. For example, you, you have had multiple orgasms. Boom. And like an hour later, you're having... You're in, in, in an in fight. In a fight? Yeah. Uh, and you have no idea how you came there. Not that I can... Th- maybe? Not that I can think yeah. of. I'm not going to say no. I just can't think of a yes. So, well, it might be not having to, which would be very good. But very often what happens is that we have a certain inner thermostat about how happy we could be. Hmm. And so it gets installed from in our childhood, you know? Uh, right. So even if you become happier, people become not happy. Suppose you become successful. Same thing happens. People try to keep you down. Why? Because when you get successful, it makes clear that they are failing. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Now, 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 I see where yeah, you go. I see where you go. Yeah. So you've and had the this same thing, thing that feels really good up here. Yes. So now you've yeah, dropped down. Yeah. Oh, it's too much. It's a danger because if it falls away, I, I will not be able to take it. So you have a lack of trust in yourself, and so you bring it down yourself. I mean, I know that I did that so many times. Yeah, and, yeah, no, I, I, so, I, I get you. Mm. Well, that, I like and, that. It's interesting with that as well because the 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 idea of in myself that I see someone else is successful is something I've really been thinking about in the last probably two or three years. Is being happy that other people are successful. Is yeah. I see someone else doing well, and I'm like, that's great. That means that it's possible to do well. Whereas younger me would have gone, fuck that person. Why are they doing good? I should be doing good. Whereas as I'm getting a bit, and I'm not perfect. As I get a bit older, I try and look at it where I can be successful and they can be successful. There's plenty of success for everyone. Let's just all be successful. But Mm. it's it's hard. Your instinct is to be like, no, I want that. That's mine. You're taking it. Yeah, it it is because we, we get very, a lot of us, there are a few reasons. So, I say there's three reasons for the rat race. Three main reasons. The first is well, just uh, more social. It's like the 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 scarcity mindset. You yes. save, you have to save, you have to. You can't take risks. Blah blah blah. And like, and problem is that a lot of people then are forty. They realize they have a horrible have a horrible life, and then they buy a Ferrari and fuck a, young, a bunch of young girls or women become really disagreeable because all of a sudden they realize that their needs are also important. Yeah. And that, it's like a compensational behavior. That's very sad. That's that. And then uh, a lot of expectations from other people that you have to perform. You have to have more and more. And I will relax. I will enjoy my life when I have a million. Then yeah. you have a million. And then you have millionaire friends. So what do you want then? 
Ah, I would like to have 10 million, yeah. 20 million. And then you have like a few billion and then you blow your brains out because nothing works. You still feel like shit. Yes. Yeah. And so that faith often comes from uh, a lack of trust. Hmm. So when you have a lack of trust, it comes from or your childhood or uh, your earlier intimate life more, more often, where you learn that you couldn't depend on other people to fulfill your needs. Mm-hmm. And so when you have, for example, a mother that is or sometimes there and sometimes not, or you have a mother or a father or, or an intimate partner that is always there smothering you, what happens your needs are not being fulfilled and then you say like but why would a smothering mother not fulfill your needs well we have a need for closeness and for love and for well well, food and drink and 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 everything but also need for self-reliance or self-determination we have a need for exploration and so a smothering mother a very loving mother actually teaches their child hey i don't trust you Mm-hmm. You're not yeah, good enough to do it yourself. Ah, we'll yeah. take care of you. Yeah. So you have a bunch of men, boys that are not be, being trained in becoming a man and taking responsibility of girls because the mother or the father takes it all out of their hands. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. So they don't trust themselves. And then afterwards, when they get older and have to fend for themselves, they, they, they start to try to prove to other people how worthy they are. Mm-hmm. But that's ego. When, when they, they, they lose that trust in themselves, the, their inborn self-esteem goes away, you know. And, and, but the problem with ego is a bucket that leaks. You can keep pulling it, it keeps leaking out. Mm. It's validation. Looking for validation in other people. Then you have people that, that in a certain moment learned that they can depend on nobody beside themselves. And I was that guy. Yeah. Uh, and and why, uh, like, I got raised in a very loving family. I was securely attached, I would say. You know, so I have a secure attachment style. I find it easily to come close to people and to allow space in between. Problem is, then my first girlfriend dumped me. was very shy. Uh, my first girlfriend that was 18. And gave me up, really. <laughs> then she dumped me, of course, because I was dominant and needy. Bad combination. Poor little <laughs> You don't need all space for personal space. You love me. Oh, let's have sex. I will fuck you for hours. So you have to tune out and think about someday somebody else, you know? Poor girl. (laughs) (laughs) But okay, so what happened then next? Then a month later, my father died. Hmm. And so I decided I cannot depend on somebody. So I said, hey, I'm polyamorous. And in practice, I was not until the moment they asked monogamy for me and my safety net, in which I kept them on a distance, got threatened, and then I started doing things that I'm not very proud of. Yeah. But you see that a lot with a lot of people. So they, they learned a certain moment, the only person I can depend on is myself. And so I will take care of my only my needs. Yeah. But taking care of only your needs, you're ignoring a very important need, the most central need of people, and that is the need for connection. Mm. Because yeah, the then, without you yourself, to... the more you isolate yourself and shut yourself off, the the, the faster yeah. you realize that you can't do it all yourself. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's it's like you have like Maslow. You know, everyone knows Maslow. You have like the physiological needs, security, then yeah. connection, then uh, status, let's say, and then self actualization. Well, that's bullshit. 
because like it makes logical sense for sure for the western world you know people in individualistic cultures but in reality when you look at the research that is not the case and so then you have another researcher Rutledge and she proposes a rewiring of Maslow where the central thing is connection because without connections we humans in the wild would have died yeah we need each other yeah it's even physiological like that. Like when, when infants, for example, in uh, orphanages in, uh, in ex-Yugoslavia, where there was only one caretaker that just could give them food, change the diapers every once in a while, that was it. So there was a very high mortality rate. The children died in infancy. And all the rest that survived had heavy behavioral and developmental issues. Mm. So it's a biopsychological need. It's so essential to being a human. And then with that connection, then you can fulfill all those other needs. Now, she leaves out self-actualization because she says, many people are not busy with that. And I think that is fucking bullshit. Mm. Because to me, I want to help people thrive. And, and she, she, yeah, she makes a mistake that a lot of psychologists do. A lot of psychologists look at the average. Oh, we go from negative to neutral. Fuck neutral. That's bullshit. <laughs> No, what I want people to realize is that neutral is shit. Yes, me, me. If you have neutral life, you're throwing away everything that you can do. Mm. No. We have to upscale. We have to put our happiness to thermostat and our well-being thermostat and pull it up. And you have two types of how you can do it. You have eudaimonic well-being. You know what it is? Eudaimonic, or you, I, my English, so eudaimonic. It comes down to living in line with who you could be. Yeah. Fulfilling your potential. But the West only looks at that. Hedonistic well being, they frown upon. Enjoying the moment. I mean, like, now there's like surface, uh, surface uh, attention to it, but like real life. Who do you look up to? The, the billionaire that works 15 hours a day or the, the surfer, the, the beach boy in Kutta that fucks beautiful blonde women? Yeah. yeah. And well, then you ask the guy that wants to be that billionaire, why do you want that? What are you going to do then? Oh, then I will go surf all day and fuck beautiful yeah, women. Beautiful women. It's like, oh, okay. Well, that's, that's a lot about how uh, our company started. And we, the, more, mm. the longer we've been going, the more it makes more sense. But a lot of this started, me and James, were, having, we're camping and we're having a beer. And in a nutshell, we're just talking about, essentially, we were, we were down the path that society tells you to go down, to be successful, which mm. down that path towards a millionaire, you're going to have, like, a, I'm doing everything that society says will make you happy. You get a mm. good job, secure, pays you good money, you get a good life, everything gets happy. And I'm like, well, why am I... Why am I not happy with certain aspects of my life? Mm. Um, and a lot of our conversation after four, five, six, seven beers started going back to strip back the assumptions that people tell you. Like, we, I'd never actually thought about what did I want to do with my life. Mm. I started with two or three things. That people say, well, you have to get a good job. You have to get a secure job. You have to do this. You have to do that. That's how you live a good life. And I'm like, well, mm. is that what I'm sure? I like, it's not very challenging. Like, it's not it's not fulfilling my need for challenge because it's boring. It's easy. Um, exactly. it's, it's secure. It's safe. But what do I actually want to do with life? So that's where a lot of our stuff came from, where you look at our um, manifesto is the wrong word because it's in crown on a piece of paper. But 
um, like the things we did when we started the business, we didn't have a product in mind. We, like the first one is um, be happy. Sorry, the first one is try not to be a cunt. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> first, yeah first rule. The, the second one is, is be happy. <laughs> um, and the third one is to um, help the world. And the spattered in there is obviously make some money so we can live. But you don't need as much money as you think you need. You need enough, you need enough money to live the life that you want to live. If you can live the life you want to live with $100,000, then why do you need a million dollars? Exactly. So does that extra money help? Yeah, so university for two years, uh, and I was a researcher and assistant professor in uh, research methodology. Boring as fuck. Why? Because I was criticizing methodology all the time. Okay. And then you teach it. Whee! <laughs> but, uh, what I was researching was the quality of life. It was very interesting from like back then, it's like eight years ago, so probably a bit higher. From the moment you have like 70,000 US dollars, say now 100,000, yep. from the moment you have more money, it will not help you with, with your well being at all. Yes. As long as you don't have. Uh, being poor can make you sad, but being rich can't make you happy. Yes, yes. However, <laughs> don't get me wrong, I want people to fucking thrive. Because yeah. the more money you make, the more money you can help other people make. I see it a lot here in Bali. Now we are all scaling up. It's, 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 it's such a knit community. And you can see they're growing, they're growing, and we're really helping each other. And so that's, that's what I would love the world to become. Mm-hmm. A place where you realize that you don't have to just grind. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love for example, uh, Gary Vee and all those other guys. And they have a lot of beautiful and interesting things to say. But... Just focusing on the grind is stupid. Yeah. I know Gary don't do, doesn't do that. He he said, for example, one, one of his talks, he was talking about a guy that was 40. And it was like, he was, he was ripped apart by spending more time with his child or working hard. And he's like, listen, you're 40. You have probably 40 more years. So spend the, the precious time with your little child. And then afterwards, you will work harder. So that was very beautiful. But generally... A lot of the, the message of you have to grind, you have to push, you have to push down your needs for enjoyment. You've got to be busy. Everyone's got to be busy all the time. Yeah, and that you need both. You need exactly to sometimes postpone your pleasure because then in the long run, you have bigger pleasure. And that's what I think. Like the pleasure, the look for pleasure, avoid pain principle is being frowned upon. Mm. We, we all like to be martyrs. We're brave. We're heroes. We die. Look at all our hero movies. The hero dies. Fuck that. Are you kidding me? We have to be, we have to look up to people who suffer and suffer and suffer. Why it could have been easier to just say, okay, for example, Braveheart, okay, English King, be the little boss here. And then under the, under the, under the covers, you do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Yeah, but instead you've got to prove. Yeah, you've got to be. You've got to prove your point. You die on the sword. Yeah, but it's it's like it's disagreeableness, and I have that in me a lot. So that's why I'm so passionate about it. because have, to me, I have that when quite I, a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When we have a fight, then you you never back down, even when it's not important. Hmm. I would the time with a woman, a fight, a big fight, like for hours about. I had a conflict with an ex-girlfriend that was uh, shaming me on Facebook and stuff. And then this girl, you know, it was interesting. You know, she just want, she said something very sweet. And I just said, 
a friend of me, a very good friend of me. And do you feel better now? She was just a good friend. So, and then and I said, no, because in that moment I got a bunch, bunch of messages from my ex who was bombarding me with attacks. Mm. So I didn't feel better. So it was not true. But that what she said was so sweet and so well thought out of, you can see she, she had put so much energy in that. And the only thing she needs to hear is, yeah, thank you, I feel better. Mm. Yeah. But no. And so you hurt people that you love because yeah. I'm right. Yeah. And, 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 but I believe that it's a good thing that you have that because then you can learn by falling in your face several times really hard. Mm. And if you're a bit like me, stubborn as fuck, you have to do it until your nose is broken and your eyes are fucked up, like in fighting. My eyes are fucked up. That's why I had to stop. <laughs> Well, then you learn that you can choose to be different. Mm. That you can choose, like, that you can choose your belts. Like, is this important to me? No. Well, yes, baby. You know, but that doesn't mean to bow down. It doesn't yes. mean that you have to be a slave. No, it means that you choose to connect with certain values over, over others. Mm. That you connect with the value of connection over the value of being right. Mm. Mm. Or you work out a way to communicate it more effectively. Like we, that's something that we've worked on. You know, we'll say like, oh, you know, going into business with friends and family is the worst day's work you'll ever do. And I now run a one family business and one business with my friend. Yeah. And we, yeah, there were times like early days we were both like, nah, fuck you, I'm right, you're wrong. Mm. And it's been like we still have our days, but it's a constant process of like, okay, well. I'm thinking that this is agitating me and he's not understanding what I'm saying mm. for whatever reason. So why isn't he understanding? Like how, how can That's I, yeah. how can I convey what I'm trying to say differently so that you will mm. understand? Like, like I, you know, I, I'm, I'm reacting to this situation this way because, mm. and, and you know, a lot of the time we're both completely justified or, you know, you've had no sleep and I've had no sleep. Mm. Like, you know, there's, yeah. there's an ex, there's an external mm. factor. And it's just that it has been a really interesting journey of like, it becomes, and then it, the hard thing is, it becomes the norm for us. So, like that, it becomes the normal way to deal with conflict. And then you try and deal with people that haven't had that experience, mm. that just want to default back to saying, "No, I'm right, you're wrong," or just going mm. into their shell. Like it becomes even harder again because you've got to you've got to re-educate that. Like you've got to have the whole conversation all yeah. over again. You're like, no, no, no. Like try try doing it this way. That's that, that's yeah. It's hard because you, we start from the first thing. I've, if I'm in conflict with someone now. The first thing I do is I'm like, do they have my best interests at heart? So if it's someone that's a friend or someone I care about, and I'm like, well, they obviously have my best interests at heart. So then it's like you said, you've got to work out where's the breakdown of communication. Or alternatively, mm. this person's out to get me. So you just end the conversation. There's no, there's no need to convince that person. That person doesn't have my best interests at heart. Okay. So I deal with them. Goodbye. Mm. You, don't, you don't need to be in these constant arguments all the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, what I work with, I called... It's from a book that I don't know, Conscious Loving or something. I don't know the name of the book. But it's a concept. I work with people telling the fucking truth. Yes. And But that means telling the truth is not just blurting out whatever pops up in your mind because that's something I used to do. Just, I'm honest. Yeah, and all the... Yeah. And you heard you're, things... You're so an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. You receive things. <laughs> you receive all the things. So the thing is... When you tell the truth, it cannot be argued about. So that means that there's no judgment in their hand 
There's no pointing the fingers. There's no, uh, not, nothing of that. What it is, is a clear description of what is ob- observable happening. For example, when you come, for example, a lot of women have this problem. The man comes in, tired of work, ignores her, and she gets angry and explodes. Okay. You know, and then it's the same thing. And then at night he wants sex and she gets really offended, you know. <laughs> so then she can say, okay, when you walk in without saying hello to me, yeah, this is I send, yes, I sense in my body that my heart gets tension. As my heart rate goes higher, I get, I get a headache. And then I feel, uh, I feel unloved. And I get, get the urge to scream at you and throw this knife to your fucking face. Or cut off your balls. Yeah. For sure, when you're at night, ask me to. <laughs> there's no, there's no eight or nine with you. It's just <laughs> yeah. straight to ten. Zero ten. Well, yeah, it can be that. Yeah? Like, like, a lot of women think that in the moment. I think they really sometimes think like, man, you ignore me the entire fucking week. Now you want to put your dick in me? I will cut it off. On an emotional level. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just say to emotional level. Well, fucking, why, why would we do that? You know, you come after two seconds and then the guy has even more uh, <laughs> of the okay. So, and then, and then, okay. But then in that moment, there is nothing you can argue about because that's real in them. You cannot argue about somebody feeling anger, getting certain thoughts. It, there's nothing to argue about. And then you say, like, like, I'm getting the thought that you're a fucking asshole. That's something else, of course. That, that's like that's like saying you're an asshole without saying it. But like, when you say, like, I feel, really feel that I don't exist in your world. Mm. Now, that's mm. a much different way of saying exactly the same thing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And just, and so it's actually very simple. Like, when you have, when you say so an argument, and your partner or somebody else arguing with it, you know you have not been through enough. Yeah. It has not been a reflection of your internal experience. Yeah. Yeah, right. And it, and okay, it, now... It removes, it removes the ability for either party to just be... Ang- like, it, it makes it a lot harder to be irrational, irrationally angry. Yeah. Like, it, it forces you to be more logical in, in solving the problem. Yeah. It's not saying, like fuck you, I hate you. It's like, this is making me feel this way. So what can we, like, you know, that person you would hope has your best interest at heart. So mm-hmm. it's like, this is how I feel. How are we, how are we going to fix that? Like, because mm-hmm. if you don't want to fit, if, if, you, if you're okay with me feeling bad, then I don't need you in my life. Yeah. It's, it's stopping to do a little daggering game with, with the pointing finger. You have yeah. to stop that. Yeah. <laughs> That's like that always says. Whenever you point the finger, there's three pointing back at you. Yeah. Well, unless you're pointing the finger in nice ways. So let's talk about sex a bit, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of talking about arguments. There's a segue. There's a segue. <laughs> yeah, this is not, yeah. Do you- so, yeah, and, and so that's why my course is called The Pleasure Principle. Why you should make pleasure a priority. Hmm. Very fucking important. And because so, it, it is it a holistic, like you look at it holistically, like you it's, you you move through using martial arts as a meditation. By the sounds of it, like yeah. doing Muay Thai yeah. as, as like a, yeah, I use Muay Thai as meditation. I use a lot of sex. Hmm. 
because I like to love talk about sex, study sex, that's like, I love that, you know, sexuality and intimacy. Because I think a lot of women don't understand why men are so drawn to sex. It's one of the only places where you can not feel judged, where you can feel like a man, where there's affection. A lot of men still have the problem to being hugged, to holding hands. Yeah. Even I find that difficult. Walking around holding hands, I feel like a fucking pussy still. Well, it's just about having a connection. But I feel like a fucking pussy. Mm. So I have, I, I hold her. That's different. Then I don't feel like a pussy. Then I hold her. <laughs> like, but, but there's still that shaming from a very young age where you cannot be affectionate. Yeah, sensitive. Mm. You know, and, it's, and, 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 and we both want the same thing. Well, when people think like, oh, women don't want sex. Oh, you're fucking kidding me? That means you're yeah. horrible. Yeah. In bed. Yeah. Wrong. Yeah, because or she doesn't trust you enough to surrender to 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 allow yourself to herself to give her open to you literally. Mm. <laughs> you know? Like if you do wham bam thank you ma'am, why the fuck would you be expect her to be happy with that? Mm. Or if you know what works Always do the same thing. What so many people? I mean, I, I fall fell into that trap too. You know, I, I, when I when I have fights with women, my sex life sucks. I'm I'm horrible. I'm bad, really, because it gets like this tension. And why? Because your penis is wise. So if your penis does not come erect, or if your penis pukes it out within like a, like ten minutes, is my short thing. Like like, you know what happens? It's your penis that says, you don't want this. Something is off. You have to fix something. Mm -hmm. I had it. Once I cheated on the woman I really loved, the the one that got away, you know? Uh Why? Because I was not ready. I tried to cheat because my dick didn't work. I had an amazing movie. Like, you can't believe how pretty she was. Mm -hmm. But it just didn't work. Whatever we tried. Why? Because my body was like, no, Nico you are doing something behind her back. Now, I am open, and I think that um, there's a lot of uh, beauty that can lie into having an open sexual relationship, a relationship where you can have sex with other people, but it has to be with a lot of respect, a lot of communication, and complete openness. And so that's why I I broke down. And I did many times, you know. When the woman asked monogamy for me, I started to freak out. But I, that's why I did like a sex fast. I did 50 wow. days, no sex, no ejaculation. I paid with myself, but no ejaculation. And and it, it learned... That would have made it worse. Yeah, I feel like that would have made it worse. Like no, because then... No, because you learn to move the energy. And I can tell you this, man, you will walk around like a 16-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. I on test. How long, how long did you do it for? 50 days? 50 days. Yeah. But then so also in my interaction with men and women, you learn a lot. Because I thought I was independent. I was not needy. My motherfucking God. I was a needy little boy mm. looking for validation all the time. And I was, wow, wow, wow. I didn't realize that. And so you learn so much from something like that. Because then when you interact with women, you need nothing because we're not going to have sleep anyway. Mm. It, uh, I believe that man. Were you, were you, did you have a part? Like, were you seeing someone when you did your sex fast, or you were single and you just were you dating? Were you 
Well, something like that. I had, I had a, yeah, I had a few friends. Yeah. You had some, yeah. okay, yeah, had but, some you, friends. but you were, but yeah, but you were having a sex fast. That would have. I've, so were you still? So you could still pleasure them. You just couldn't get any pleasure yourself. Yeah, but that was very hard, and that's also because I was planning. Actually, it was I failed actually because I planned to do a hundred day. Yeah. And because I pleasure them, her, so the moment she became so awake, her womb started to pulsate, and she started screaming, and I couldn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Commissar. I'd forgotten how much fun it was talking to you. <laughs> did you leave Bali? Did I? Did you leave Bali and co- go back? Did I see through? So no, just visiting family in Belgium. Okay. Like that's the, I love Bali. Really, I love the community here, life, uh, and like the business I'm doing. You know, I'm helping a few very high level entrepreneurs uh, to have a full life. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, depending on what they need, I go deep and I use a lot of hypnosis and I use a lot of uh, evidence based techniques. You know, I know, I know, I'm fucking good in what I'm doing. Yeah. That's that really feels good. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I miss my family. My sister, she has like two little, like my two little nieces. They're they're they're, they're uh, uh, let me see, they're like six and four. So yeah, they're growing so fast. Mm. My mother, my grandmother of ninety four, and my other from ninety three. You know, like ninety five and ninety four. You know, so I that's the thing. Like I'm, I'm now trying to create a system, so I am more free to. To go home a bit more. Yeah. Because you you seem like confident isn't the right word. You seem very comfortable in your own skin. Mm. Is that the is that like the crux of a lot of stuff that you're you're getting with? But you like you're one of the there's like there's something about you talking to you where you're I like talking to you and I don't like many people. Um, And I think it's (laughs) because (laughs) well I think it's because you're like you you are honest. You you are you. Yeah, you're like you're you're not. I don't feel like you're hiding anything. There's no. No, it's it's like, it, listen, last year, this time last year, I was in the deepest depression I have been in 10 years. Yeah. Because I, I heard that the woman I really loved with another woman that I had done also very hard, deeply, and myself. And so then I, I think about uh, Jordan Peterson when he says hell is when you have created a very, when you are in a very painful situation and you realize that you created this. Mm-hmm. That you are the devil. And that's how I felt. I looked in the mirror and I saw the guy that that my younger self would have kicked, literally, not yeah. the fuck out. I have become the man that I always despise as a young man. And that was a very rude awakening. Mm. So what's and the, I, and I, Yeah, what did you do? I, yeah, well, uh, first of all, I felt like shit for a long time. Yeah. And... Uh, and so I started working on helping other people more and that started to give me some satisfaction that it was like aura cleaning, you know. And uh, but then at a certain moment I read the book. I was studying about communication because that's, of course, one of the biggest problems in intimate relationships. And uh, it was a nonviolent communication, a classic, and I reread the book. But even when before I read it, I didn't see this. It was like, and then it clicked. It was the fact that people, if they're not a psychopath or a narcissist, I put that as a little disclaimer. Yeah. If they're not a psychopath or a narcissist, people always want to make life better for others and themselves. So that's why people cheat. That's why people lie, because they want to improve their lives. And they have learned uh, 
not ideal techniques earlier in life. To do it. Very often survival, survival strategies that are later in life destructive, but younger in life, that was the only thing they could think of as a naive little child. And so in that moment, I learned to forgive myself, which is for me the hardest process because I'm a hard-ass motherfucker on myself. I hate myself. Mm-hmm. I hated myself for the longest times. And at the same time, well, but why did I hate myself? Because I fucking love myself. <laughs> oh, there because is. I expect more from myself. God damn it, bitch. Are you this kind of a loser? I know you have more in yourself. I know you're a fucking champion. And you try to force, you try to prove that you're a champion because of that, by trying to prove you're not a champion anymore. Mm. It was the same thing. By trying to prove how much of a great lord and a wonderful man you are, by trying to prove it, to force it, by trying to prove how fucking attractive you are, you become so, so much less attractive. Yeah. It's in that moment that I realized that I am a beautiful man. <laughs> With a lot of fucking mistakes. Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Name mistake. And besides making another woman pregnant, almost it was almost dead like that, but luckily it was not mine. <laughs> I, made, <laughs> I made every mistake in the book. And that's also why I can help people because I understand from the inside out how it is to be in there and how, how unconscious we are of what the fuck we are doing and how we are afraid to look at the shit we are causing. Because it's painful. Because we see the patterns that we've learned early in life, that sometimes we learn from our parents. And I was lucky. I had a father that gave an example of what a man could be with strong principles, with being affectionate, with loving and proud. But what he did was what I did too. He forced himself too hard. He worked so hard that he became very sick. Mm-hmm. His body says, fuck you, you rest. Yeah. And so, you know, and I believe that a lot of people have that. You know, we, we have those old programs. And I, I believe that sometimes going into hell is the only way out. Hmm. Yeah. I believe that yeah. if you have an okay life, hmm. okay life is the most threatening thing to me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I know. I know exactly what you're saying. Well, some of the, and, and sometimes you look at it in retrospect, hmm. like some of the, some of the worst moments of my life. I credit for me being in a positive space right now because I would have continued on a path of mediocrity because nothing was really that wrong. Um, I I wasn't smart enough or brave enough or whatever to realize when things were going kind of okay, that kind of okay isn't good enough. But then when they, when the shit hit the fan, well then it's like, well, okay, that was, that was shit. shit. Yeah. By comparison now, those (laughs) things that I weren't sure about are, yeah. But it well, forces yeah. you to confront all the things that were wrong with the situation that ended with it going to hit the fan. Mm. And then we exactly. go, well, actually, those other six things that I thought were okay at the time were the reason that it was so shit. I was, I was trapped. I'd locked myself into a pattern that, that as long as everything yeah. kept going well, I was okay. But as soon as something went wrong, I had no power of my own destiny. I couldn't control anything because yeah. I'd handed it all over. Uh, yeah, well, it's like in a, in a weird way, like what you were talking about with when, when people overcome a problem like a quick fix for a problem that isn't yeah. actually the way to fix the overarching problem. And then you get 10 mm. steps down and it's like, well, why the fuck are we doing it this way? And yeah. it's like, ah, oh, because 
10 years ago, something completely irrelevant happened and we, we mm. made a minor adjustment there. Mm. And then we kept on, like that became our source of truth. We weren't looking yeah. at it. And then it takes it all to come crashing down to be like, well, shit, we should yeah. have never been doing those 10 things in the first place. Yeah, it's like, uh, like for me, do you know, uh, huh, I was called again, Warrior, the Warrior program in the States? I feel like I've like, heard of it, but explain it to me. Uh, it's a guy and he makes a lot of money, but he teaches men. It's, it's like become more exceptional men. And on the surface, he sells it as becoming a better businessman and becoming more masculine. Actually, he focuses a lot on intimate relationships. Yeah. Why? That's very often where we fail. It's easy to push yourself in business. It's easy to grind. Yeah, Why? Because... It's mental. It's not in our heart. It's not in our cock. Because, mm. <laughs> well, most like, again, you'll probably know more of this than me, but the thing I've been playing with is most men, most problems with men come from insecurity. Um, and, yeah. and it's why I'm a big fan of martial arts because I find it teaches you, A, it teaches you that you are strong. It teaches you that you can defend yourself. Because most people that get in, you know, we're in Australia, we have you know, um, they call it a coward punch now, but people knock people out for when they're not looking and punch people. Most of that are people that have never been in a proper fight in their life, mm-hmm. in my opinion. It's it's insecurity. It's, it's trying to show something. So I think martial arts allows you to do that. And then for me, that credits you. When you start to have that more, A, it's twofold. You've got confidence in your own abilities as a man, but you also Realize. am aware of the consequences yeah. and, and that you aren't like, no, that no man, well, I'm sure there's one man out there, but no one can beat everyone. You, you have to be become aware that there is vulnerability. And then that allows you to start examining some of the other things. And then you get back into your, yeah. your holding hands and all your other intimate stuff, which in the past you've been like, I'm a strong man. I've got to put on a front. Like I don't want, any, I don't want anyone to know that I'm actually weak. So I'm going to try mm. and do everything I can to protect to strength. Str- for proof how strong I am. And then when you actually get some true strength or start to have some confidence in yourself, you're like, ah, I, don't, I don't really give a fuck what they think. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold this person's hands. Yeah. So the thing is, like, it's I call it, I call it the concept full contact intimacy. Yeah. So I have like a workshop where I do with couples. They have to fight together, and then I do relaxation, deep relaxation, hypnosis, where I connect them with their intimacy, with their connection that with memories. Then, and then I help them to move together. It's not really dancing. It's like connection exercises where at the end you're all really flowing together. It's like a mutual meditation. Yeah. Then gazing for fucking 15 minutes. And if you work with people privately, 45 minutes. <laughs> it's mind-blowing. Do people, with, people, I imagine people get really uncomfortable. People, re- I've got Eye a- contact is... Cry. Hard. They cry like a little baby because for the first time they see each other again yeah. in a long time. And they find each other around crying. And then, and then they learn the taking touch. And taking touch is something I'm going to give you guys. The taking touch is a concept that within a second can create a much better sex life. All right, wait. So you're going to take that? Can you get a cool and, one? <laughs> and it makes you a much better lover. Why? Because you start to focus on the moment. You're going to start to focus on what, how it feels in your fingers. Not how your partner acts, no. You want to maximize the feeling in your fingers. What happens, this is skin. And this skin is the same as Asking. So the better this feels for your hand, the better it will feel for her. So then you will be much less inclined to use her fucking glitters like your DJ boot, you know? 
<laughs> or inside when you want to make it a checklist, like, ah! <laughs> but then you can go softer into a little, little, learn how to feel her. Or inside when you learn how to feel her softly, what will happen is if you just, another tip, just when you enter with your finger in a pussy, don't fucking move for like five to ten minutes. Just put your fingers down and allow it to rest there. And what you will feel is you will feel that the pussy will start to come closer to your fingers. Why? Because when a pussy relaxes, it collapses. So the walls become much more ingrained. Same with your dick. If you put your dick in and you don't move for 10 minutes, what will happen? Her entire pelvic region will relax. Your entire pelvic region will relax. So it will make you, and then you can go harder afterwards. But she will be 10 times more sensitive because there was time to acclimatize, to get used to something inside of her. Mm. Those two things will transform your sex life. And look in her eyes, please, man. That's horrible. <laughs> oh, oh, looking at the wall. Fucking hell. We, I, I think we're good at de- like we're good at going off on tangents, but you are you are the master of it. It's terrible. It's okay to be vulnerable <laughs> as a man. Also, when you're having sex with a woman, <laughs> put your fingers inside of her 10 minutes and don't move. And it's just like, oh, well, that was fun. That was. How long are you going to the States for? Did you say it was the state? Uh, a month, a month. And now it's about a month. I think I will, I'm going to book my ticket today. Uh, I think it's, uh, and uh, it will be from, I think, from the 1st of uh, September because I go a bit early. Normally I will meet the family around the 3rd. But I go a bit early because I have still a few friends in LA where I trained and fought. And then, uh, and then I will go around in an RV over the entire states with them, which is fucking amazing. That is awesome. And then at the end, they have like a big event for entrepreneurs where I will help relaxation and speak to, to the, the entrepreneurs. So, yeah, I'm very excited. That sounds awesome. We'll have to get you back on after you're back to tell us how it yeah. went. Yeah, or maybe yeah, we can try yeah. and tee it up with them while they're there if you've got connection yeah. to the interwebs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will try. I will try to be a bit more active on the Instagram, which is not my thing, but like, yeah, like I have to get. And it's great, you know. It's a great to thing. So that's why now I'm working hard. I'm not like before. I almost do five videos a week on uh, on Facebook, but now not because I'm just focusing on creating my course, filming it, uh, making making the outlines. So when I leave, all the material is there, and then the team can make it a product out of it and a website and all that shit and then I can just well Tweak enjoy it. And, yeah. and study for more and, and work with you know work on reaching out to the world <laughs> <laughs> you need a smoke machine underneath you when you do that like reaching out to the world and just have like a and a thing. cape yes you need a cape yeah and then we're back to well well <laughs> I prefer oh, like like this beautiful Nubian princess with like a, a feathery thing Waving some air, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we never had a chance to stay on any topic. <laughs> Shit. Um, how long have we got? Probably we've. Well, I got, I got, uh, I got caught up in your eyes, and we've been going for about twice as long as we normally do. <laughs> so hopefully, everyone listening, um, well, it hasn't been released yet. So yeah, no hopefully, hopefully, the same thing happens when people listen to it. They get caught up because yeah, I lost track of time. Look yeah. in my ass, baby. Look at me. Perhaps they will become uncomfortable. There's one little story I have to tell. Yes, I went to, to a party 
and I'm a bit of a crazy dancer. I go fucking nuts. So a lot of people think I'm gay because I don't give a shit. So I go up with my happy and I do body rolls and now I said the moment I was teaching in class Muay Thai, and all of a sudden this guy storms in, you puta madre lolo, lolo, mato, lo mato, I will kill you, I will kill you. I'm like, who is this dude? So the the the, the, the boss of the of the place, Pablo, he he's like Argentine, so he got this guy outside, so I didn't have to knock him out. Luckily. And so apparently this guy told him, yeah, this guy touched my head a few times and I can't get him out of my head. And I'm always thinking about him. And so what I think is that he saw me when I was dancing, he got a heart on and he couldn't cope with that. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you, what would you suggest to anyone out, to any men out there that see you dancing and get an erection? What is the, what is the correct course of action? Correct course of action is to go to Kota. They have some bars there. And get fucked in your ass because it will melt your prostate. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't, you kind of set him up for that one. Yeah. There was no real other answer. Oh, we could have. Yeah, like, <laughs> he could have. I knew where that was going. <laughs> I knew exactly yeah. what answer you were. Alternatively, you could look into the fact that perhaps you're not as straight as, as you thought. And like it's, it, it, it's like a sliding scale. People say you're maybe you are that good of a dancer <laughs> that, that he was completely 100 percent straight, and, and yet still that would of course, but that's what it is. I'm sexy. My ass was just you know if you ever see my ass, it's like a Brazilian ass. Like it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I like to compare it with some ladies literally to to fuck with them. Like hey, well, you should do some squats, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh well. I've got, I, I, I got, got nothing, nothing, else, nothing to else to say. Well, that was a good ending, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Nico, he has a Brazilian ass. Better than some ladies. <laughs> so what, what's, let's finish off with your title. Is it <laughs> well, yeah, we love, introduced sex, entrepreneur, doctor. doctor? Have I said it right? I'm not a doctor. Yeah, not but you doctor. just tell people you are. We do. Oh, love, love, sex, doctor. entrepreneur. There's a third thing. Fourth thing. Relaxation therapist. Coach. That's it. Yes. Love, sex, entrepreneur, coach. Therapist. Yes, and I'm, I'm, I want to become a public speaker because I think it will be easy for me. Mm. I can yeah. talk out of my ass for hours. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I suggest that on the way up to the podium, you dance. <laughs> and strip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, Maybe yeah. strip on the way off because yeah, you wanted, yeah. to, wanted to pay attention and listen to the yeah. speaking. And you might typecast yourself for, you know, certain audiences and certain types of public. Really tight white pants, though. I can't stress this enough. <laughs> An open shirt, tight yeah. white pants. <laughs> Much of the sort of stuff Freddie Mercury wore through the 80s. 70s. Well, the, the fact is, I would, if I would be like Freddie Mercury, I would earn a shitload of money, that's for sure. Yeah. But yeah, is money that important? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, enough, Baba. Brothers, it was fun talking with you guys. Pleasure uh, as always. Yeah, that was great. Whenever you want to call, just yeah, we'll try and tee it up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try and tee it up while you're in the states. If you're, if I'm not in, yeah, it will be nice. Will be nice. That'll be funny. Anyway, I've got. I've signed. Yeah, yeah, show. you'll be in Bali. I'll you'll be, be in Bali. States, you'll I'll be in, in America. Australia. I could get Luke. We could do like a three-way. Yeah. Me and Luke, you, Nico, and the um. Sounds um, good. What are they called? This unstoppable family? No. 
Unstoppable family. Yeah. Unstoppable family. I'm gonna have a look into that. that yeah, is- they have they have a daughter. Their daughter Hanole. She's twelve. She has like a six figure business. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the fashion designer really epic. If you talk with her about business, she talks you under the table. It's ridiculous. Wow. They yeah. grow up so fast. Yeah. All right. Good talking to you, man. Okay. We'll be in touch. Peace out. Peace. Peace. <laughs> oh, hello there. You've just caught me drinking a nice, refreshing jammu tonic. Completely unstaged. Not, not set up at all. Uh, you've made it to the end of our video. So if you'd like to check out our beautiful product, check out www.dirtycleaneats.com and use DCE Podcast for 20% off. If not, but you did enjoy the, the talking nonsense or you hated the nonsense, please check out, give us a subscribe below if this is YouTube. If it's not YouTube, I don't, I don't know. Follow, hit the follow button. Thank you. Bye.